It's the Atop the Pitbox podcast with your hosts, Zach and Josh. Good evening, fantasy NASCAR race fans. Welcome to the Atop the Pitbox podcast presented by ParadiseExecutiveProperties.com. On this episode, we are going to talk all things Talladega and look ahead to this weekend's cutoff race at the Charlotte Roval Road Course. Josh, how you doing? Doing well, Zach. Happy to be back here talking to you tonight. How are you doing? Doing good, man. Like you, like you uh, just said, I'm really excited uh, to talk about last weekend's race at Talladega and look ahead to the the Roval playoff cut race. Uh, I think it's going to be a pretty exciting race to watch. Before we go any further, I uh, just want to take a, a second to to say thank you for listening. I know we say this every week, but really do appreciate the support and you guys tuning in each week. If you do enjoy the podcast, please leave us a five five star review. It does help others to to find the podcast. Also, as a reminder, uh, it's coming up quickly. Next month, November sixth, we'll be at the West Side in Harlan, Iowa, for our end of the year celebration. We'll have a potluck. We will have some uh, happy hour specials and some giveaways. So. Will be a fun time. So if you can join us there, that would be great. Look forward to seeing everyone there. And we also are looking to grow the league. So if you know anybody, friends or family, atopthepitbox.com is your spot to send them to register for next year. And uh, we do have a Facebook page as well. And so if if you're on Facebook, please go like the page and, and send it to your friends and appreciate all the help. So with that stuff out of the way, Let's get into uh, some NASCAR news, and we start with a couple on Alex Bowman and Cody Ware. Yeah, uh, Alex Bowman put out a statement earlier this morning saying that he will miss the Roval race, uh, which knocks him out of the playoffs. He was in a win or a must-win situation because he missed last weekend. Um he's going to miss this weekend again. So he is out of the playoffs, but he is out due to his concussion symptoms, not getting better or at least not a hundred percent. And then Cody Ware announced that he is out of this weekend's race as well due to his broken ankle that he suffered uh, a couple weeks ago. So uh, th- this is the first time that three drivers have, has missed a race in one year, possibly ever. Uh, when you factor in Kurt Busch as well with his head injury. Um, Parity is fantastic with this new car, but uh, obviously there's some major safety issues uh, in play, especially with the rear ends of these cars being so stiff. And uh, if you back the car into the wall, uh, it, it appears that the driver's bodies are the one that are the ones that are absorbing the energy and the hits rather than the car itself. So, NASCAR has got a bad situation on their hands. Uh, it's taken the media by storm. Uh, basically, everywhere you look, it's all about the safety of these cars. So NASCAR has got to get this right, and they've got to get it right fast. Yeah, this is not a good look for NASCAR. Not exactly what you want going into this uh, cutoff race of the, in the playoffs. Now that we've got two drivers, Alex Bowman and Kurt Busch, who are both out of the playoffs because of uh, head injuries and concussion-like symptoms from accidents that really, you know, didn't look as bad as, you know, we've seen in the past. So 
you know, the safety piece that you mentioned is is definitely a concern and it is not the the news that NASCAR was hoping for uh, coming out of this weekend. Yeah, and I know that th- there's been some uh, team owners, especially Justin Marks and Denny Hamlin, have been very outspoken. Got a lot of drivers now. Hamlin, Harvick, even Martin Truex has talked about it. Uh, basically, everyone is fed up with what's going on now. I know that NASCAR is actively doing some crash testing this week. I believe it's in Ohio, uh, but they're looking at making some changes to the rear ends of these cars to make them uh, more, uh, basically to absorb more energy in the rear rather than sending that energy into the driver uh, in the driver's seat. So hopefully they can get those changes figured out and and come up with a a solution for this. Obviously it's not going to be fast enough and it's not going to happen for the, you know, the remaining of this season, but Uh, Hopefully they can get this figured out soon so these teams can implement these changes for next year. For sure. Uh, We have some free agency news as it relates to A.J. Allmendinger. Yeah, so there's an an announcement planned for tomorrow morning uh, with Collard Racing, but the rumor is is A.J. Allmendinger is going to drive full-time for Collard Racing in 2023 in the number 16 car. Uh, that car has been fielded full-time this year, but it's been split between A.J., Daniel Hemrick, and Noah Gregson. Uh, and it appears that A.J. Allmendinger is going to drive that car full-time next year, which means uh, his Xfinity seat will be open. So it'll be interesting to see who they fill that uh, with because A.J. Allmendinger right now, uh, he, he's won the regular season championship in the Xfinity Series two years in a row. And he's contending for a championship this year. So that car is a very good car. It's a really good team. Uh, So we'll see who they fill that seat with. But there's another piece of the puzzle now for 2023 in regards to NASCAR uh, with A.J. Omendinger taking the number 16 full-time. And then the last piece of news, uh, we talked about Byron getting his penalty uh, from, from Texas to 25 points, playoff points, put him below the cut line. And uh, he is set to appeal this penalty uh, this week. Yeah, he, his appeal is going to take place in front of the NASCAR uh, committee on Thursday. Rick Hendrick was interviewed about this uh, this past weekend uh, by Bob Pockris. And, and Rick Hendrick said that they've got a, quite a bit of evidence to present to the panel in regards to Byron's history uh, racing-wise in the past. He's a pretty clean driver. Uh, you really don't see anything bad or negative in the press about Willie B. So uh, Rick Hendrick is pretty confident uh, with the appeal and everything that they have in place that something will happen uh, to be determined if NASCAR agrees to do anything. But either way, this is just, again, it's another bad look for NASCAR. They missed it during the race. It should have, you know, whether they sent him to the back of the pack, uh, parked him for a couple laps, penalized them then well they didn't they missed it and then they penalized them after the fact which then took them out of the playoffs so uh it's a bad look again for nascar we'll see what they decide to do i don't know if i've ever seen an appeal get overturned uh i'm not saying that's not it's not possible but i don't really recall off the top of my head if it's if it's happened in the past but for his sake he's hoping that this gets overturned or the point uh, penalty gets lessened, so he's got a fighting chance this weekend at the Roval. 
what would you say, what would you put the odds at of him getting the suspension overturned or shortened? Uh, man, that's tough to say. I, I'd probably say 50, 50 right now for the simple fact that uh, again, NASCAR has, has looked so bad this year with a lot of stuff that they've done. Uh, 25 points was a pretty harsh penalty. Everyone, in, in the media, NASCAR wise, agree that this is a pretty harsh penalty for what happened, and basically for NASCAR missing it during the race. So I could maybe see them reducing this penalty to maybe a ten or fifteen point penalty rather than than the twenty five. But uh, we will find out on Thursday morning once they announce it. Either way, still not a good look for NASCAR, and just kind of adds to the black cloud that is hanging over the sport as we were supposed to be celebrating the sport in the playoffs so it's unfortunate but we will see we'll see what happens on thursday let's get into the into the race so we had a race this weekend in talladega so quick thoughts what were your first impressions of the race well uh typically you know talladega and daytona have a dramatic ending some big wrecks uh unfortunately we didn't see that the action was pretty tame by talladega standards uh, only one of six caution periods was for a multi-car wreck. Two were scheduled stage break cautions, and the other two were for single-car accidents. So uh, when, you, when you piece all that together, to me, uh, although there was a lot of passes, a lot of lead changes, uh, it just lacked the flair or the entertainment aspect of the big wrecks or a lot of aggressive driving, in my opinion. What about you? So the last couple of weeks, we've really com- – Complained that the racing hasn't been the focus of the of the races. We've had some mechanical issues and, and things of that nature. And this race, we got what we wanted. Um, the drivers were able to drive, um, and we didn't have any mechanical issues. We didn't have any uh, weather issues. Um, you know, it was just kind of a a standard a standard race, which is kind of weird. Where we're kind of used to seeing you know, the big wreck, the big one uh, at, at these super speedways. And, and we didn't get it. Um, but overall, thought it was solid. Uh, just kind of was a different kind of race than what we had anticipated that we would see at a, at a super speedway like Talladega. So, Yeah, I, I agree with that 100%, Josh. Uh, again, like you said, it was nice to see, you know, no uh, tire issues, no mechanical issues. Uh, nothing like that that would have prevented a driver from being able to do what he wanted to do, yet it lacked the flair, like I said, of of dramatics or, or big wrecks that you typically see on these super speedways. Uh, let's start with the, the winner. And none other than my boy, Chase Elliott, wins the race. Yeah, I mean, his win is huge in the grand scheme of things. When you look at how many points he lost last or two weeks ago now at Texas, uh, he was, I think, only above the cut line by 11 points, somewhere in, in that area. So when you look at or think about him winning the race, now he has clinched a spot in the final eight, uh, which is the fifth straight year. So, uh, boy, yeah, he's he's had a good run here and. Uh, that was a huge win for him, though, because uh, he, he really didn't want to have to go into this weekend's race at the Roval trying to race his way in and, and uh, not have any bad luck or mechanical issues or anything like that cost him advancing in the round. So that was a big win for him. 
And his move that he that he pulled on the restart. What were your what did you think of that? Yeah, I man, I thought Eric Jones uh, had a decent chance to win there. Uh, and Blaney, I mean, he had a fast car, was up front. Uh, and Blaney and Elliot are friends. I didn't know what was going to happen there when, when, you know, they were close together. And uh, Chase's move in the trial right before the checkered flag was a really, it, I would consider it an aggressive move, but it's a normal move that you see at these super speedways. And, uh, again, the finish was outstanding. You had three, four, three or four wide there going across uh, the uh, finish line. So uh, just an aggressive move by him, a really good move on his part. Uh, and of course that led to him winning the race. Yeah. You love to see it. So Chase gets a, a huge win and he was able to make a pass after the, the, it was essentially a, a green, white checkered uh, restart, but passing was, was an issue all day at this racetrack. It sure was, Josh. Uh, if you if you watch the race, uh, for whatever reason, drivers had an extremely hard time through the field if they were in the back of the pack. Uh, typically, at a super speedway like Talladega or Daytona, you've got a lot of guys that drop to the back of the pack uh, trying to avoid the big wreck or, or a wreck. In uh, the last, call it 30, 40 laps, they then are able to race them, their way up to the front. And for whatever reason, they just couldn't do it at Talladega this past weekend. If you were in the back, you pretty much got stuck in the back, which is why a lot of teams were doing fuel only. A lot of teams were only doing two-tire stops because they were trying to limit the amount of time on pit road and keep those cars out front. Again, you typically don't see this at a super speedway race, which, again, kind of limited uh, the, the entertainment aspect, in my opinion, uh, and and just the overall excitement of the race because of how hard passing was makes uh, you really appreciate Chase's win because going from fifth to to first in a couple laps when passing is an issue all day is is even more impressive uh, you know given those those circumstances so um, we we talked about it a little bit uh, in our in our quick thoughts but there was no significant wrecks in this race there wasn't a big one where it took out you know five six cars I mean I don't even think there was a multi-car accident that that happened um so no what are your thoughts on no no big yeah and unfortunately as a race fan Dega and Daytona what most people watch these races for are the big one as you call it uh, there was a, a multi-car wreck at the very – it was toward the beginning of the race when uh, Stenhouse wrecked Harrison Burden, and, and it caused – you know, Joey Logano was in, the, was in the wreck. Oh, that's right. That's right, yeah. Um, but Joey was able to continue with the race. Harrison Burden uh, was out for the day. I think Stenhouse was able to continue if I, if I remember correctly. So um, – but that really was the biggest wreck of the day. Typically at Talladega, you're going to have a 10, 15, 20 car pileup, which is what you saw uh, at the cutoff race at Daytona where Austin Dillon just kept on hanging out in the back of the pack and <laughs> snuck his way through and ended up winning in a, in a field of about eight cars left running that race. So, um, which is, which is kind of what Joey Logano tried to do 
this weekend or this past weekend and and it didn't work out the same yeah he he finished i think 27th uh and that's because he was in the back of the pack trying to avoid the big wreck the never or the big one never happened and and basically he was stuck back there so you know we kind of talked about this at work but i personally think when you look at uh, the, the, the level of aggressiveness at, at day or at Talladega this past weekend, in my opinion, it wasn't a normal, typical level as we've seen in years past. And I really think, and the drivers probably might not say this and people in NASCAR might not say this, but I personally think that the safety issues of these cars and drivers being concerned about their bodies and and what a wreck at Talladega would do, especially with all these head issues and head injuries that we've seen here this year, I personally believe that that altered how they raced at Talladega. Do you agree with that statement, or, or what are your thoughts in regards to just the level of lack of aggressiveness, per se, that we saw at Talladega this past weekend? So I guess that's the question that we'll we'll never know the answer to because the drivers are coming out and saying, yeah, we raced, you know, as hard as we can. Um, but when you looked, when you watch the race and you look at the the pass, the lack of passing, and and some of the moves like Ryan Blaney was up at the front and and then he ended up bailing because he felt like there was going to be a wreck. Um, it's hard. It's hard not to. Or it's hard to forget that these guys are human beings that you know, have fears and, and thoughts that crop, creep into their mind. And when you see, you know, your your peers and, and these guys see each other in the garage and when they see each other and, and they hear, hey, you know, how was that wreck? And Alex Bowman tells them, hey, man, I'm, I'm out. That, that has to creep into your mind a little bit. I, I just, I can't believe that it wouldn't factor in. Whether it altered the race, I don't think we'll ever know, but um, it is – maybe a coincidence or, or just, you know, ironic that the race after the, you know, an, an, another driver gets a head injury, we see what appears to be uh, calmer racing. So it's, it, it'll be something to follow as we, as we continue down these, these last five races. Yeah, I agree. It's, it, it could be, you know, complete coincidence, but I really, I mean, I've watched a lot of Daytona and Talladega races and, this was the tamest that I can recall maybe ever. So there's got to be something in play there in regards to these injuries, whether they want to admit it or not. Yeah, I agree. It did, it did, it did feel different. So um, probably on to something there. So just to recap the, the stage winners. Uh, so Blaney wins stage one, Elliot wins, wins stage two, and also is the winner. So a couple uh, bonus points there for Elliot and Ross Chastain and Eric Amarola. Both led 36 laps, so they will each get the uh, points for uh, most laps led. So on to uh, to Jeff Gluck's poll. Yeah, our boy Jeff Gluck here. Uh, I'm a little surprised by this. Uh, To be honest with you, I thought it would be a little bit lower than that, but uh, the fans say otherwise. Uh, 83.3% of voters said, yes, it was a good race. Uh, I figured it would probably be in the 70s somewhere, but again, 83.3% said, yes, it was a good race. That ranks number seven out of number 14 for Talladega races, races. So that's right around mid pack. And it's the 15th overall race this year. 
So that's, uh, I think that's probably where I thought it would be. I mean, I know we didn't have the, the, the crashes, but we had an exciting finish. We had uh, a fan favorite, whether you like to admit it or not, uh, win the race, which I think probably elevated that, that pole result. But um, yeah, I think that kind of re- reflects the race that we saw. As we look at our picks for the race, no winner again. So uh, I, I got to say, I am consistently kicking your ass in these picks. My guys, it's not even close. Hamlin finished fifth. Logano, you tried to jinx him. He, he, it worked. He, I mean, it kind of worked. He just hung out in the back all day. So well, um, he was he was involved in an early wreck too. Ed, so we're gonna we're gonna keep this we're gonna I keep this going. I will say when I when he when he was in that first wreck, I was like, "Are you kidding me?" <laughs> I couldn't. I was like, "If he's out, if he's out of this race at this point, I am gonna lose my mind." But uh, he was able to stay in the race, kind of hung out in the back, and uh, and finished twenty seventh. So we will. We still do not have a a, a right pick uh, this year. So we'll we'll see if we can get one this week. Moving on to our fantasy discussion. Looking at the team average of points, uh, overall point average was 65. Uh, playoff teams only was 79, so a little bit higher for, for those teams. We had a low of 23 points at Talladega, 23 points from David Banger, which is just remarkable. Crazy. Um, obviously, it helps with, with no crashes and and no cars really exiting the field, but uh, 23 points is very impressive for a super speedway. And then a high from Doug Malberg of 143 points, which is a little more uh, or a little closer to what we typically see for those higher points in, uh, in the super speedways. Looking at our top 24, uh, I'm going to just run down the top 10 real quick, just to give a shout out to those teams that are in the top 10. So start off with number one, my team, Bigger Sandwich, stays at number one with 49 fantasy points. Number two, Taylor Schleiss moves up three spots with 30 fantasy points to number two. Ryan Brash stays the same at number three. Kinnick Rolfus also stays the same at number four. Adam Studer falls three spots from number two down to number five with 80 points. Number six even bigger sandwich. My other team, no change, stays at number six. Jasmine Rolfus moves up five spots to number seven. Crazy Dale up one spot to number eight. Amy Weiss flip-flop with Crazy Dale and falls number falls one spot to number nine. And rounding out the top ten, Reagan Rolfus, 63 fantasy points. So as we look at this, I got to say, I'm happy to see Taylor Schleiss back up to number two. He, uh, remember, was a, a, a longtime leader of, of the top ten and, and, and came on the podcast and maybe got jinxed. We don't know. Not official. But uh, looks to be breaking that, that jinx. He's up to number two. And maybe now people won't be afraid of, of coming on the podcast. Yeah, I agree. It's uh, it's great to see Taylor making a move here down the stretch, get back up into the top, uh, call it three. Uh, hoping he eventually is the number one guy and your sandwich teams choke. Uh, with that being said, I'm hoping the jinx is now no more. 
So maybe we can get a Tracy Norton on this podcast once and for all. Yeah, agreed. So hopefully, hopefully the, the we can uh, convince people the podcast jinx is, is done. So uh, this sets up a interesting storyline of myself versus Taylor, number one versus number two. In the beginning of the year, if you remember, Taylor and I were at the top of the of the standings. And very early, he swapped Tyler Reddick for for Chastain, and and has been at the top, you know, pretty much ever since. This is not the same team. Uh, that team is in sixth spot. Uh, that is similar to his, but uh, still one and two should be a an interesting battle going forward in these last couple of races. Yeah, and as you can only imagine, Josh, I'm Team Taylor all the way. So let's make it happen, Taylor Slice. Understandable. I'm sure you're not the only one. So fair enough. Um, that being said, we had for the top six teams stayed the same with just a couple uh, couple changes, but four of the six had no change. So not a lot of change, not a lot of movement uh, from those top six teams after after Talladega. Yeah, it just shows how crazy what I would call vanilla or plain or boring, whatever you want to say, Talladega was this past weekend. There just wasn't uh, the number of wrecks you typically see, which would then cause some pretty big swings uh, points-wise. So uh, I'm not surprised by that, but I'm surprised that it happened during Talladega. And looking at the top 10, if it seems like there was a lot of Rolfuses, that's because 50% of the top 10 is on Team Rolfus. And not to mention, Steve Rolfus, number four, who has been eliminated from the playoffs, unfortunately, but has moved up to the 14th spot, which is the highest of, of the eliminated team. So, Zach, when you look at the top 10 and you see all those Rolfuses, do you uh, get all warm and fuzzy like I do? No, no, I would not say that. <laughs> uh, I will give you props, though. It, it is very impressive uh, what all of – the Rolfus family's teams are doing right now. Uh, I'm hoping that it is a curse for you moving forward though, uh, in the future. Uh, but again, props to you guys. You're making, you're on a hell of a run right now. See if it can continue. Uh, but again, anybody, but you, I I want anyone (laughs) to win, but you, so you still can't say you've won fantasy NASCAR. I, 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 that's the goal. So we'll see, we'll see what happens. Somebody that is, uh, did not have a good day was Tracy Norton, number one, 89 points above the average and fell, uh, five spots from number 10 to number 15. And he didn't need the, he didn't even need to come on the podcast for his team to tank and he's doing all, all on his own. So, uh, what's the harm in coming on the podcast, right? Yeah, I mean, let's do it. Maybe maybe we can just call it the reverse jinx now, where you come on the podcast and your team takes off. That's uh, it. T Nort, T Nort, let's let's try and make it happen, man. Let's see if it's true. There's, I mean, he's got nothing to lose at this point, so he's on he's on the bubble. So, looking at the bubble, so those teams that would be eliminated if the uh, if if the if the cutoff was today, Richard Rainey, Tracy Nort, number one, Adam Holtz. Fast Eddie, Robert Schaefer, number one, unfortunately, and Patrick McMeekin. So uh, those would be your six teams that would be eliminated. Still one more race to go, and 
after this race, what do we have? What are the next three? Uh, the next three, um, you've got Vegas, oh, Homestead, yeah, Miami, and Martinsville are the, are the next three races in the round of eight. Interesting. So you've got a speedway, a speedway, and a short track, which we all know how the short track hmm. racing has been this year, and that is a cutoff race before Phoenix. So these teams are trying to make it into our field of 12 and uh, with just five races to go. Still, anybody could make the cut. Uh, just need a good final race from those teams. They're kind of in winning they're in. Um, the difference between first and 18th is, is uh, up to 153, which is up from uh, 107 last week. So that gap is, is starting to, to widen. Uh, when you look at the risers this week, all playoff teams, um, Jasmine Rolfus went from P12 to P7. Taylor Slice, as you mentioned, went from P5 to P2. And Don Brockman went from P14 to P11. And the biggest playoff fallers this past week was Ron Boyson. He went from P7 to P12. Mentioned it earlier, T-Nort went from P10 to P15. And Adam Studer fell from P2 to P5. And the rookies, we've got Taylor Slice, obviously, in P2. Robert Schaefer, number one, in P18. Patrick McMeekin in P19. And then just on the outside of the playoffs, David Bangert is in P25. And our statistician, Norton, said that if David had made the playoffs he, he came in at 25th so he missed it by one spot but if he was in his team has been on a tear and would be in p1 with a 35 point lead so uh unfortunately david loves to hear about these updates because it, it he's out of the playoffs but still pretty impressive uh from david is that is that stat correct that's what he told me that is crazy to me that he missed the playoffs by one spot and he would have a 35-point lead in P1 if he were in today. Yeah, he would have gone from 24th to 1st. So his team, he's got Kyle Larson, Chase Elliott, Denny Hamlin, Ross Chastain, Eric Jones. Yeah. I mean, you think I'm, about those drivers, they've, they've had really strong runs here in the playoffs. So I, I can – now that you tell me who's on his team, I can definitely see that. That is – I mean, looking at it now, it's almost – that is an obvious playoff team. Like that is – that's a damn shame he didn't make it because that's a really – that's a really good team. It sure is. But, again, it, it just could not have happened to a better man. David Banger <laughs> – <laughs> shoulda woulda shoulda next year hashtag yep. next year baby <laughs> um, so that wraps up Talladega let's move into our preview of uh, this week's race weekend's race is at the Roble which is the Charlotte Motor Speedway road course uh, it is in Charlotte obviously and it is what uh, NASCAR teams call home uh, I got three quick track facts for you, being that we have not talked about the Roble uh, yet in regards to the fact aspect. Uh, 
Fact number one, the course is 2.25 miles long, featuring 17 turns. Uh, and if you watch the race, it does utilize part of the existing speedway uh, before it then goes uh, back into the road course. So it's kind of a cool little mix between the speedway and the road course. Um, but that is fact number one. Fact number two, this is the fifth time at the Roval. So it's still very early on for NASCAR to use this road course. They have made some tweaks in regards to some of the curbing uh, with the, the splitter issues that they've had in the past. Um, and then if if you watch, they, they've got a really cool design because if, if you watch the race, uh, there, there is a cool little, uh, I would call it maybe a chicane or a quick hard 90 turn right before the checkered flag line. So uh, you could see some drama this weekend at that part of the track. Uh, so keep that in mind. Uh, and this is fact number three. And I had to throw this in there because these are some mind blowing stats uh, when you think about it. But during a typical race weekend at the Charlotte Motor Speedway, fans consume more than 34 slices of pizza, 9,500 gallons of pop and water, 13,000. 500 feet of hot dogs that's for my boy jp and <laughs> three hundred and nine thousand pounds of ice so you, i think is, you, you, it's thirty four thousand slices of pizza right not just 34 slices i said thirty four thousand, didn't i i don't know what well, i'll check it and see but that, that is just mind-blowing to me do you have are these all your track facts that's it's just these three because the other ones we've already mentioned uh with the charlotte speedway well, I hate to I hate to say this, but we haven't had a death fact in a while. Are are is there I'm anything trying, okay? So with the safety issues NASCAR is having today, <laughs> in to a way. avoid anything death related <laughs> because I am a very superstitious guy and I want no bad juju coming my way. <laughs> Fair enough. I think that's probably a, a wise choice. So I just so, noticed that there hadn't been any uh, any death ones lately. So just no. wanted to check in. I'm not doing any more death searches here the rest of the year. So <laughs> uh, not, I, I'm, I'm uh, sad to say we're not going to have anything more death related this year. <laughs> okay. uh, knock on wood. So when you look, like I said, we've only raced here five times. Uh, when you look at the driver stats, no surprises here really with the top four average finishers. Chase Elliott leads drivers at a 5.0 with two wins. Ryan Blaney. Uh, is surprisingly a pretty good road course racer for those who don't know that, but his average finish is 5.8 and he actually won the uh, inaugural Roval race with a wild finish at the, at the end. Uh, Bowman is third at a 6.0, but like we mentioned, he unfortunately is out this weekend due to his concussion like symptoms uh, and Tyler Reddick uh, is fourth at a 7.0. He is surprisingly or, or not surprisingly uh, a pretty steady road course racer uh, when you look at the stats. All right. Time to pick a winner. I swear one of these times we're going to get it. So um, you get the honor of going first. And uh, I'm interested to see if this is uh, one to try to win the pick or if you're going to continue to try to jinx these drivers. So I haven't put much thought into this. I'll be, I'll be honest. Uh, I'm just going to 
pick the favorite. And if he wins, great. I get a pie in the face. And if my curse or jinx continues, then there's going to be a lot of fantasy teams that take a hit because of this. Uh, I'm going to pick Chase Elliott. You're such a douche. Um, <laughs> all right. So this sucks. Because if he wins, I'm going to be pissed that you picked like oh it sucks all yeah, right i say are you are you going to be able to cheer for him during this race knowing you're going to get a pie in the face if he wins and and it's not even that he needs the win to advance to the next round so maybe he does he just kind of hangs back and pulls a logano and just stays out of <laughs> out of trouble and got the win and and that's what i'm hoping for or he gets second that would be cool too see i think um, he's going to be i think he's going to be ultra aggressive and just try to win this thing um He's got nothing to lose. He's already locked he really into the does. next round. Yeah, so yeah. you, you yeah, might as well try to get in our win. So I figured you were going to pick Elliot. So when I was – or, uh, yeah, I figured you were going to pick Elliot. So as I was looking at the at the drivers and who I wanted to pick, um, I I ended up landing on, on Team Hendrick since they are the strongest, have been historically at Charlotte. Stayed away. I really thought about picking Hamlin, but Toyotas are – just absolute dog shit on on these road courses so i i stay away from him so i'm gonna go with elliot's teammate kyle larson who needs a win and has been pretty good on on road courses so my pick is going to be the five of kyle larson it's funny that you picked him because in in all reality uh those are the two drivers that I was choosing between um, just off the top of my head. So uh, I think it is going to be a Hendrick, uh, a, a good performance by Hendrick this, this weekend. And um, for your sake, I hope Larson doesn't win, but for my sake, I hope Elliot wins for the simple fact that uh, I get a pie in the face. And I also <laughs> wouldn't be mad if he finishes 36. So it's a win-win for Would, me. If, if Elliot wins and you end up getting to pie me in the face because of that, does he then become like on team Zach? Like, do you, are you still anti Chase Elliott then? So the only reason, and I need to clarify this for our listeners as well as you, the only reason I am anti Chase Elliott at this point, I didn't have him on my fantasy teams. And of course he goes on to have the best fantasy season that we probably will ever see, which again is just, bad for my teams so that is why i was team anti chase elliott uh with that being said truex and bush are one and two for me once truex retires i will say that chase elliott will be one of my two drivers that i cheer for regularly get the fuck out of here you no 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 you do not get to to go to team chase elliott i can do whatever i want I yeah, but... I I do not dislike Chase Elliott at all. The only reason why I'm cheering against him right now is because he's on every single Rolfus team that you've created. That is that is true. So that's so, that's fair, I guess. I guess that's fair. So we'll, I mean, we'll hey, we a... we can team up. We can team up, baby. And, I'm not and used be to on Team Elliott all day. I'm not I'm not used to uh, you know agreeing with your fandom or, or or rooting for the same team as you. So that would be very different for me to to handle. Well, just get used to it because I think you're going to be a, a pretty big Kyle Busch fan next year. <laughs> Gross. Gross. <laughs> All awesome. right. Well, those are our those are our picks, and we'll see uh, see 
who takes the checkered flag here this week at the Roval. Uh, any final thoughts for this week? Yeah, let's just hope that there's there's no more injuries that come out of this weekend's race that uh, impacts these playoff drivers, uh, especially since there's only four races left after this weekend's race. So let's let's just hope that it's a, a fairly clean race uh, and, and there's no injuries or nothing bad that comes of it. Yep, I think that's fair. A nice, safe, everybody safe, and uh, a nice, clean race would be would be exactly what NASCAR needs at this point. So um, until next week, Zach, it was always good talking to you, man. Yeah, have a good night, buddy. See you next week. The Atop the Pit Box podcast is supported by ParadiseExecutiveProperties.com. With winter coming up, now is a great time to book a trip to Lake of the Ozarks, and Paradise Executive Properties has you covered. They have several modern and fully furnished homes for up to 19 people, so bring your friends and family down to create a memory that will last a lifetime. For more information or to book your reservation, visit ParadiseExecutiveProperties.com. Thank you, my friends. God bless. It's no days off. Take no breaks. You in my lane. You in my way. You cross that line. It ain't your day. I lost my mind.